0: Dog
1: and Bone. Welcome to The Dog and Bone, a series of podcasts brought to you by Propeller Group. I'm Martin Lote, curator of The Dog and Bone. In each episode, you'll listen in to a conversation between two senior people at the sharp end of business change and transformation, with their permission, of course. Our two guests will chat and question each other as equals, exploring industry topics and stories from their careers. Hopefully, they'll dig up some tasty morsels for us to chew on. In this episode, we hear James Wildman, CEO of Hearst Magazines UK, in conversation with Julio Bruno, the CEO of the Time Out Group. Listen in as they chat about digital transformation for their respective content empires, building food markets and book fairs, their biggest business mistakes, and how being the CEO of a PLC compares to running a big market for a private global company.
0: I know you've been two and a half years in your current role at Time Out, uh, and I'm interested to hear how you found the journey so far, what you found, what you've changed, uh, and what you think the future holds.
2: Uh, Time Out. Uh, Now Time Out Group PLC, because we took the company public only last year. No, sorry, 2016. I forget we are in 2018. The journey so far, I joined at the end of 2015. You know, I was living in New York, and... uh, and I wanted to be back here in Europe, and I have been living in London for many years in the past. And when I came back to London after I don't know 12, 14 years, the, the city has changed. But Timeout still was that brand that I that I knew for so many years. Um, uh, traveling around the world, um, I always saw Timeout in a lot of hotels, in a lot of places, and and to me was always a brand that I that I understood and I like before the internet, that's where you could have information about uh, what to do in a city. And we were, like you, you know, a print publication, a publishing uh, house. And I knew before I came in that I had to change the company, that I have to evolve preserving uh, what the company was, you know, about curation, curating what is the best of the city. In a hundred and eight cities in the world that we are present, and uh, and how do you do that, preserving that, but then going into the 21st century? So uh, many things that have happened, like uh, you know, we we outsource our publishing of our guides uh, to to a publisher, maintaining the content. Uh, But I realized that we wouldn't want to be in the publishing business per se, and um, we can talk more later about it, but the reality is that today over 60 percent of our revenue is not print related right so we have crossed that if you want 50 percent that uh, in an era that I would like to hear from you that has been and it's been so difficult for publications around the world and every seems almost every week there is some magazine closing down or or or, or or terminating their print publication and going digital. So um, for time out, you know, the evolution that we that we are in the middle of it to not going from print to digital but then from digital to commerce, e commerce and actually also retail, we'll talk about our time out market, is being a, it is being an incredible journey of transformation and change and yes. hope and growth. But let me ask you how about you? Because obviously where you come is a little bit different, a little bit bigger, I would say as well, right?
0: Probably some very clearly parallel paths, actually, um, hearing from what you've said there. I've been a little less time at Hearst in the UK uh, than you have been at Time Out. I joined in April last year in 2017, so I think I'm sort of eight or nine months into my personal journey, which has just been fabulous. And, um, you know, the parallels are clearly similar. Um, how do we develop what is an extraordinary opportunity in terms of you know legacy iconic brands incredible audience engagement scale you know we are in a very very privileged position and actually I don't see that you know the print trajectory in quite such a you know a harsh light as perhaps you you suggest because we're exceptionally print proud we have you know uh, an, an extraordinary print business and across our 20 well 19 print brands and you know they, they include I'm pleased to say such iconic and established brands as Good Housekeeping, you know Harper's Bazaar, Cosmopolitan, L, etc. So How we've got, many do you publish? A so year nineteen year? magazines, but we have twenty-one fabulous brands because we also have um, Net Doctor and Digital Spy, which are digital-only brands in the UK. Um, but we sell almost five million magazines still every single month. Um, so the, that's in still the a, in the UK only. So so that's an extraordinary, um, you know, robust business. But exactly as you say it. You know the, the the thinking and the strategy that we have developed is really how do we diversify. Our revenues away from print and become less reliant on those on the print business. Because whilst it's still strong and highly profitable for us, you know it is true to say that there are structural changes all around us. The media industry is transforming as consumers seek to you know engage with content in very many different ways, Um, and we need to think about how do we, you know, take these 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 God-given assets, these brands, these, you know, these, you know, extraordinarily trusted um, entities and, you know, leverage them in slightly different, more creative ways without ever undermining the credibility or the authenticity and the trust that our, you know, consumers, customers um, hold for those brands. Okay, but James,
2: I have to say that, um, you know, I'm I'm not, I wasn't you know, criticising print because since, no, I joined, since I joined the company, I have, I, we have launched under my leadership eight new magazines around the world.
0: Well, there you go. There are magazines uh, all the time the being launched.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like uh, in Miami, in Philadelphia, in Los Angeles, uh, London Kids, uh, Hong Kong. Um, and, uh, and for us, for time out because it's all about curation and as you said the consumer is a consumer and whether it's digital or physical and that's how we see that 360 degrees, but we have also the time out market, the actual food halls that that we are opening around the world, a very successful concept but uh, we think, uh, we believe the magazines uh, for us the print version is a fantastic brand tool, it enhances our brand and it, it, it communicates to the consumer in a very different way because I can touch something, uh, and that's why we, despite of uh, what I was saying before about the digital and print uh, divide, uh, we are very proud of them. And by the way, all the content that we have in the magazines is also digitalized or is digital before, before even it's a print. Yes. So I don't know if you have the same kind of um, in, in
0: your we do. I mean, we, we, obviously, digital is extraordinarily important to us. It's one of our marquee poles around, you know, the, the, in terms of revenue growth. And, you know, we've come a long way quickly in terms of our digital audience growth, which, of course, opens up more and more opportunities um, commercially. So um, I suppose it's, you know, we, we have a slightly different model from some publishers in the sense that we have a distinct editorial team writing for platform-specific um so we have a you know we have a Snapchat team of journalists <laughs> and we have a different print magazine journalist you know team in
2: Snapchat do they do it across all the all the magazines or each one specific?
0: Um well they they are they, our journalists are affiliated to brands um, but they are specialists in writing for a specific audience in a specific on a specific platform. So, you know that that's worked very well for us. Um, and you know clearly we need to drive very strong collaboration between the you know the teams that are working on the distinct platforms. But uh, which we do. Um, but it's it's really I think part of the success of um, and the ways we've managed to drive our digital audiences so. Um, strongly is because we are we are serving up exactly the content that our users want in the formats that they want it, depending on the on the platforms they're engaging through. So, you know, I think you know we, we've been we've been quite sophisticated, I think, in the way that we've developed our digital business, and we have huge headroom in that sense. There are clearly some distinct um, commercial challenges between print and digital. And, you know, whereas in print we're fortunate. I know it's a a little different for for you, um, Julio, with Time Out, but we enjoy a a fairly significant income from our cover price, whereas in digital, of course, there is no subscription or cover price. Um, So it's it's advertising, it's e-commerce, as you say, um, and there are some, some significant headwinds. Uh, it's true to say in, you know, developing really strong commercial models in digital because the market is very distorted it's distorted by the existence of the duopoly which um, you know is about to probably be joined by Amazon over the next couple of years and I think you know we looked at some numbers for 2017 which suggested that you know more than a third of all advertising spend in the UK which is circa 21-22 billion pounds is taken by two platform players Google and Facebook so you know that does distort the market in a significant way and you know then you add all of the you know the complexities around transparency and fraud and bots and what's real human traffic and what isn't and you know it's it's not without challenge but you know i think where we're very fortunate don't feel at all complacent in this sense but where we are lucky is that we have trust you know brands that are absolutely trusted we're a media owner which means that you know our audiences are people. Um, and, you know, th- th- there seems to be a, a bit of a pendulum swing back towards tried and tested media brands which stand for something and, you know, have have very, very strong trust metrics um, in, a, in a world of fake news and, let's be honest, fraud um, and some fairly, fairly nefarious activities in the digital ecosystem. You know, we, we can stand very proudly and say, you know, we stand for something quite differentiated from that and very valuable. So, you know, not with that challenge, but we think huge opportunity in, in, in digital per se.
2: Obviously, as you mentioned, the duopoly of Facebook, Google, and now uh, joined very soon by Amazon, uh, there is one we have to be much more inventive much more creative. And uh, and for us, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, it's about curation. This year is our 50th anniversary of, of Time Yeah, up. you have fantastic heritage. So clearly build upon that and not try to pursue things that other people are doing because you know that ship has sailed yes, already. Sir. And and uh, but we find that advertisers still, although they are also confused of what is happening in the market. You know, I mean, should I spend everything in Google and Facebook and and that's it? And then they realize no, yeah. no, there is space obviously for your incredible magazines and, and to special audience that, that are interested in what you have to say, and you talk about fraud. How about your advertisement going in the wrong pages with the wrong exactly uh, so Contact. you can control that through obviously Very magazines much. and the same we can do that at time out both. That. Then when you go into dig- digital, you have programmatic. You have to be much more careful of how the ad units are going to be sold and what is going to be appearing there, so that, that's another challenge
0: for Yeah, us. I think that's right, and brand safety concerns on, on on the part of advertisers is only going to become more and more to the fore, and again, that plays very much to our, our collective strengths. Um, you, you talk about, I mean, we, we just talked briefly about digital opportunity, but clearly you're on a path of um, diversification and innovation. Like you. Um, well, I think, <laughs> I think, you know, we, we, we both are, clearly, within our respective businesses. Uh, and I wonder if you could just maybe share some of the things that you're thinking of, or doing in that regard?
2: So, Deb, thank you. for was great question. One of the things that I saw when I arrived and before I arrived at uh, Time Out is that they were recommending, we were recommending what to do in a city and, you know, what theatre uh, play to go to, what, what music event, what cinema, uh, what movie. And, but if you, read that and you liked it and you read three or four reviews and you said, I want to go and see this or do that, you had to leave time out, go to Google, mainly, search it, find that match that that's what you were reading about and then buy it. So clearly from a user experience point of view, I said, that's not what I want, that's not what anybody wants. So we started to allow people to buy in time out whatever they were reading about. So if you're reading about you know this uh, play you can now this book now and that was one of the diversification that we are growing uh, quite fast uh, over 50 percent year on year two years in a row that's growing very well in, in terms of revenue and then the other thing that we did uh which is proving incredibly successful and i know you want to ask me about that which is the timeout market yes the Tamar market is a concept that ex- started in Lisbon in 2014. It's a food market, food and cultural market, where we have around 30 restaurants, uh, 12 bars, a studio, a cooking academy in, this, in, the, in a very, what it is today, the best location in Lisbon, but it wasn't in 2014. Uh, last year, we received 3.6 million visitors. Uh, in Time in, in, uh, Timeout Lisbon. This is a Timeout Market, Lisbon. And this makes it the largest attraction in Lisbon and in, Porto, in Portugal by far, you know, by number of people. Uh, it's an incredible business. And what we are doing is putting the best of the city under one roof. So when you think about Time Out, and we are curating all these things to do, actually what Time Out Market does is just taking all that and choosing. And, and you know, you, you have to be by invitation only. So we invite the chefs and we invite the, the, the people who come and, and, and work there. Uh, and it's highly profitable for us. It's, a, it's an EBITDA positive business for us uh, already is uh, which is incredible and we this year we have secure leases in Chicago in Boston and Miami and some others are coming but these are the ones so it's clearly these are big places you know 30 40 thousand square feet and that's and, and when, when I talk to to uh, friends and investors and shareholders about timeout out these And we were talking before about if you think about a consumer who is reading your magazine, but is also then clicking on your website, and now is going to that market to enjoy it, and then goes and writes a review about it. So that circle,
0: circle.
2: and how does the duopoly can do that? I'm sure they can do that money-wise, but do they have that kind of brand that
0: will allow for them to do this? Well, I would say not, and you know, you you're absolutely right and, and it's very interesting because we're doing similar I mean qu- not not quite on the same scale as you are in terms of your global um, approach there, and that sounds fascinating. But we, you know, it's similar in the sense that you know we have the brands, and then it's thinking about how do you turn those brands into more of an experience. So we have a our equivalent of your um, Time Out Markets is our Country Living Fairs, which we do yeah. around the country, and through to Esquire Townhouse, and you know Harper's Bazaar Work Summit, etc. So we, you know, we can we can leverage our brands and and give our you know our, our customers you know increasingly immersive um experiences which which they frankly love you know thinking again about licensing opportunities that's a that's a a big and very fast growing um division within Hearst UK where we're you know we're sort of lending brands our you know our our brands um an example would be the best-selling home gym through Argos is a men's health gym you know, and we've launched, and well, we've designed and launched country living sofas, house beautiful sofas through DFS, which are selling circa a million pounds per week of in, sofas in, in the UK. And uh, you take a cut. Yes. All that's yes a so, revenue. so, so, you know, we also, you know, content marketing is a big opportunity for us. We have phenomenal capabilities in both, you know, content creation and distribution in print and digital, and we're working with, uh, you know, with third-party businesses who who see a value in us helping them, you know act more like publishers themselves so you know it's it's you know, it's it's very exciting time as the you know as the market transforms it forces us in the same way it is you to innovate and think about how we can work and you know leverage our assets in a slightly different more i would say more interesting way some of the uh, the new services and products and services that we are developing you know are slightly removed admittedly from the traditional publishing model and um, you know require a little more sophistication and uh, and actually adaptability within the business as we you know as we pivot towards you know new um, and exciting business models but the trick is not losing the focus on what it is that ha- makes these brands as great and as trusted as, as as they clearly are so it's you know it's a bit of a journey that's the cultural you know, transformation, which I referred to earlier. And it's, you know, it's, it's creating a, an environment, a work environment where people, you know, are frankly happy to, you know, to, to, to give of their best, but also to try new things and to be experimental and to take risks without fear of failure as we, you know, experiment and try and, and try new and, 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 and exciting things. But, you know, we've we've had great success in so far, and this this predates my arrival at Hearst. Um, of course, this this has been a you know a journey that the business has been on for you know several years. But you know, we we seem to f- it feels very much as if we're at a tipping point now, where we've overcome some of the internal challenges, and we're really starting to drive in a very different um, and, and very positive direction. And I, I don't know whether you have found the same.
2: Can you imagine when you have to explain to people that suddenly a a publisher, Cam Digital, now is uh, serving food to 12,000 people a day in Lisbon? It's amazing. Uh, And soon in Miami and other places. Uh, That's a difficult story, right? Or it was when I first uh, joined the company, and and this was quite new. And I remember when we took the company public, going around in the roadshow explaining to people why time out, made sense and why the timeout market was part of what I call the one plus one equals three. So the challenge there was trying to say, okay, what is what, is what unifies this as under one brand uh, rather than having two businesses, although there are two business divisions. And and we came back to the creation. I mean, we are cho- choosing the, the best of the city, which is what timeout always does. And now we put it in a physical format. And we start thinking that like, it's what I call clicks and mortar. Yes. So a consumer is a consumer, and and to me that the challenge has been more in trying to explain it to people. But now I think two years on, it's like it's like I cannot imagine time out without it, right? So um, it's clearly different kind of business. But what we did is we have. Uh, two CEOs, one that manages the ta- Timeout Digital and another one that man- manages Timeout Market, yes. and both of them are experts in their field. You know, so when you have the best people who know how to run that market, but still you have the connection between the brand and the market. So the data that we have, we get free Wi-Fi, so we get emails, and then we use that data to do Timeout Digital, uh, you know, uh, reach in terms of emails and offers, etc. And then you have that connection, yeah. and all under one brand that. Represents the same, in which it is
0: we are the the true platform for city life. I suppose it's it's recognizing at a people level. It's recognizing that you need the skill sets and the expertise okay, in the specific channels that you're talking about. Yeah.
2: Although, funnily enough, I have to say that the Timeout uh, marketing in in, uh, in Lisbon was uh, invented or founded by the Timeout Portugal franchisee. Okay. Which was only magazine. They didn't even have a digital site until only launched last year the digital site. The people of the Time Out magazine, the journalists, I came up with this idea. Incredible. They said, "Well, we talk about all these things, why don't we put them all together?" So actually it was journalists and editors who thought about doing this. Clearly, then running it was a bit different. So we needed to bring people that knew about the about this and how to operate it, yeah. how to make money out of it. But it was incredible creativity of the if you want, a content team that created this idea that now we're expanding worldwide. The founder is still with us, you know.
0: Yes, of course. They both are with us. Well, it's exactly the same as us. I think some of our most brilliant ideas commercially have come through the the, the editorial teams uh, without doubt. So, you know, the the, the creativity is everything. Can I ask you, uh, if I may, Judeo, which... um, what's what sort of what skills and experience um, did you bring with you from previous roles to your your, your current job at time <laughs> out
2: um, I came to this company on my own they were not looking for me I I approached them I proposed to them what to do. Uh, and they said, "Why don't you come and do it?" So they were not looking for me. So clearly, I have that advantage, that kind of bold, uh, if you want, initiative of of me approaching the the, the owners. Town with walking, a good plan, with a good plan, with a good idea, and it was because my skills, you know, having been a trip advisor, having been a travel port, having been at at Diageo, and here in this country, many other companies that I in fast moving consumer goods as well in technology and media, uh, I could see and travel. Obviously, I, I could see that. Uh, I could bring that idea of e-commerce how to, how to monetize the audience that the incredible content team was, was creating and growing and growing. Our, our traffic has grown massively. We, we have a monthly reach of over 270 million a month uh, in global reach. And, and so I brought the, the skills to monetize that, brought the skills of thinking, how do we go faster and how do we cut things that are not important? I like to say that you have to win them fast but lose them faster so many ideas that, that people keep doing and say, if it's not working let it go and then putting a team together a leadership team together That probably my biggest thing because you know the people I brought with me um, are all better than me uh, and, and that's, that's clever
0: yeah well it's very helpful <laughs> it's very helpful <laughs> so I think
2: that's that skill so understanding the industry and, and, then, and then making sure that you have the people the right skills but let me ask you how about you how did you do it?
0: I've had a less varied uh, career path than you. I've always worked in media and always on the commercial side. So um, I've sort of bounced around television and then I worked at Yahoo. Um, uh, I ran the, the business in, y- in the UK for Yahoo. And then from there, went to news brands and worked for Trinity Mirror, the you know the country's biggest publisher, um, before joining Hearst. So I've, I, I guess I've been very fortunate, and I do feel that way, um, to have had so many you know varied... Roles, but all in a, all within media. Um, it's interesting because I've not worked in magazines specifically before mm-hmm. this job now at Hearst. And is it very different for you? It, it is. It's quite different, but with very, with with a lot of similarities. If I'm honest, because you know the the, the challenges um, that we face aren't that dissimilar from some of the challenges that a new brand faces albeit i would say we have you know and this is no this this is no discredit to where i've come from but we have significantly greater opportunities i would suggest in terms of how we can really leverage our brands in a changing you know world um but no i feel very very fortunate and it's the first time i've been responsible for the whole business as ceo um so that's a difference for me and i've come from the commercial side which isn't always the way that people you know I, we'll talk I about your journey <laughs> well there you go so um you know we're similar in that regard but often people come from the finance background or for or through the editorial ranks to to you know to run publisher businesses and mine is slightly different from that respect and i and i think my employer perhaps felt that a slight change in you know in emphasis was a was a helpful thing and I, and time will tell i hope my team agrees that that was <laughs> I'm <sure they> <laughs> well i'm yes i, I hope so um, so uh, yes having a great deal of fun and and i feel very fortunate to have taken the path that i have because the truth is i've had fun all the way you know it's been a, it, it, i've i've really enjoyed all of my jobs. I mean, there, there is one, that there, there is something that I think the organisers of this podcast have asked us to sort of talk about, um, which is, you know, what has been any, you know, have there been any mistakes or bumps in the road um, in your career path? And I, I wonder whether whether you can talk to that for a second, Julia. I was going to ask you that. that you <laughs> I got in first. It first. <laughs>
2: um, listen, there, there, there are a lot of career lessons in my career. And as you said, it's quite, not only varied in terms of um, Industry, but also countries Um, um yeah. city that I have live and work.
0: Uh, well, you're so, very cosmopolitan.
2: I'm very cosmopolitan. <laughs> I'm Mr. Time Out, really. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm living in a lot of the cities that Time Out is in. Uh, but um, in, everywhere that I am, I'm learning because precisely, uh, I said before that I always hire people that know the, the, uh, the actual, you know, uh, Function better than I do. Um, I always say that you can never have enough good people, and and, and always try to hire right. the best that you can. Yeah. So my learnings or, or my disappointments have been when when I strayed away from that, for instance, and I uh, I got organizations that uh, that personally I like the people, but the results were not there, and I wasn't fast enough to make the changes and long time ago or not so long time ago a boss of mine told me that you have to change things when they're going well because if they're going bad it's already too late.
0: Fix the roof when the sun is shining.
2: Yes. And as long as you're transparent and, and, and explain to people why you're doing that and how you want us to be all part of that path. Don't be scared. Don't be, you know, like we are all humans and you want to be Uh, careful, but sometimes when you're talking about a company and a transformation of a company, uh, you have to be much faster. And one thing that I haven't said, obviously, because well probably you don't want to publicize too very much but it's, it's a reality. timeout was a loss making business. Yes. Still is, but we are closer now, yes. in line with expectations with the city. We are closer to profitability. But when you have that hanging over you, it's just like why would I have people doing things that they always did because it's nice and then they want to be like a country club so to speak, and media in particular that I have found that has a little bit of that. I said, guys, this is not personal. Have to make business, and we—if we don't do that, none of us are gonna be here, and the brand will not be here. And and then you have to say, okay, yeah, I didn't make a lot of friends the first year. I'm sure, I don't know today.
0: Uh, no, well you have uh, to. that you have to make some difficult choices, yeah, don't you, and decisions yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as as a leader? So
2: to me, my learning point is: if you are clear, go, go fast for east, and and, and you know, don't look back. So Thanks. let me uh, let me go back now and ask well, you. Well, that's very.
0: good. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, so much of what we do is about pace and energy. I mean, it just is, you know. And and I, I think maybe a mistake that I think about um, a few years ago now was not. Forcing change or, or, or as quickly as I perhaps should have done. And, and actually, I think it's very important in life and certainly in in work to do what energizes you to really focus on what it is that gives you, you know, energy and positivity. And, you know, if you find yourself being pulled in a different, in, in a direction, which perhaps is undermining that, you know, sense of energy and, and, and positivity, then definitely time to change. And I had a period in my career, actually looking back when I wasn't, uh, you know as as happy and as engaged and as you know and, and, and as positive as, as i tend to be and i didn't move quickly enough and it started to undermine my ability to make a positive difference actually in truth so i, I you know my lesson i guess my, my learning from that was move fast you know f- force a pace because i think you know the world's moving fast and changing quickly and if you don't keep you know up with it you'll clearly be left behind but um yeah, I, I, I think we've clearly got very similar uh, views on that. Well, because we, we both come from a commercial
2: background, you know, sales, and that, that, that tells you something, right? Uh, let me ask you something. I, I came to a company uh, that it was owned by private equity, and I took the company public, so now you know, I have shareholders. Uh, let me ask you about you. You are... Uh,
0: the private company so yes well you hearst hearst corporation is a privately owned business um and that does make a difference because obviously came from a plc at trinity mirror um you know with with uh, you know all the challenges that come with that and uh, you know it's it's i feel very fortunate to be working in such a you know global highly profitable diversified um company which which you know made three and a half Billion dollars of profit last year. Um, so it, it is true, though, to say that um, we run the business. The business is run very much as a business. So you know, we are. You know, we have to deliver. We have ambitious you know budgets, uh, which is of course only right, um, and an expectation that we will grow our business. And um, you know, we. That is what we are doing and will do. Um but do I, you
2: find it more relaxed in that way that a PLC you are giving results every quarter? Or?
0: I, I don't feel more relaxed, if I'm honest, um, but that sort of drumbeat of quarterly reporting clearly brings more of a short-term focus um, within the business. And I, and I think where Hearst has been phenomenally successful is through taking a longer-term view, which perhaps private companies can because they don't have shareholders that they have to you know, appease month you know quarter in quarter out um and and deliver dividends to in a, in, you know in, in, in a short in a short term framework so i you know i'm i know I'm, i don't take that for granted i feel very very fortunate to be in that environment but um we we, we deliver i mean there's the, you know there, there is there is no mistake that you know we have that we have our budgets and i have a board and i report to a you know a, a corporate boss who's brilliant and highly supportive of what we're doing in the UK um, and the journey that we're on but you know we, we deliver we will um, but yes I, I imagine your, uh, your your challenges are slightly slightly different
2: well I have been in both sides you know public and, and private companies and, and yes when you are public and above all at the CEO of, of the PLC as I am uh, well, I have to do road shows and I have to go to shareholders and explain everything and, and the expectation is always there. There are costs associated with being public, and, you know, reporting and advisors and and all these things. Uh, for If I look at it the other way around, uh, we... Uh, we went to the market, I went to the market, but because we needed to raise money, and we saw the opportunity to do that. And actually, we did it one week before Brexit, which was kind of, you know, an IPO, one week before Brexit was difficult. But we actually raised 90, uh, 90 million pounds, 9-0 uh, uh, gross uh, raise, and, and what happened is that everybody who came, the, the cornerstone investors, they are all there for the long run. So it's not they're expecting, of course, they're always expecting that you deliver your numbers, we are so far not good, but they, they 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 know that the transition for or the transformation of time out uh, was taking a number of you know months or if you want years that we have. But it's 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 obviously it's tiring. Uh, you know, I have to go in a road show where I have to meet maybe in three weeks I meet maybe a hundred people. Uh, and I tell the story, you know, over and over and over for one hour, and I have to sell what are we are doing, what did we do, what we're gonna do next. And I mean, I enjoy talking about my company; it's my favorite subject. But it, but it becomes as, because people will ask you the same questions, and people will not understand. And it's like having a permanent casting, you know, yes. like if you were an actor and you're going there, and they and they said, well, they like you or, or they don't. <laughs> the only time you know if they like you, is if they buy shares, have the end of it. The if they don't, it's like you you didn't pass the casting, right? Uh, just to be a little bit flippant with that so it's a bit different uh being private and, and clearly the, the urgency yes as you said is there you know, because you have to put out the statements and your
0: numbers succeed or fail on a quarterly yeah, exactly uh, announcement
2: let me ask you where do you get your inspiration from and how then you inspire and motivate your
0: team I guess I'm inspired by many things. I mean'm I, I'm, I'm fortunate to be the the father of three very, very impressive children, and they inspire me on a daily basis. And my team inspires me, and the output of the uh, of our business is is inspiring in the sense that the you know the, the, the quality, the the art of you know the, of the, the editorial product is is, I think, genuinely inspiring. And I, I'm very proud of um, of what Hearst stands for, which is a, essentially a beacon of positivity in terms of how I inspire my teams and I hope I you know I hope at times I, I do that um, it's really a celebration of the collaboration and the you know and, the, and, and, and you know and the great creativity that that comes from you know, working with a t- in a team dynamic, which is changing, transforming, improving all the time. And, you know, I think that that is inspiring in its own way. It becomes, a, a you know, a, a virtuous circle almost. But how about you? I mean, you, you, it's fairly new back in the UK. Were you inspired by the environment you find yourself in? And
2: uh, well, let's not talk about the environment that we find ourselves in the UK. <laughs> um, you know, I get inspired by the cities. That we serve that we in yeah. time out. Um, I,
0: you know, do you get to life. travel a lot?
2: I get to travel nothing as much as I used to travel all my life. So, I mean, I do travel a lot, yes. but not... I mean,
0: I used to do To, to all the very night. best cities in the yeah, world.
2: all the very best, in all of them. And, and the, the reality is that to me, I, I like to say to my team, we are in the happiness business. Yes. What we sell, what we talk about is happiness. What do you do when you are not working, when you are not fighting with somebody? is going to the theater, going to a restaurant, going to uh, the movies, going to an event, going to the Time Out market. And that in itself is so inspiring. So everybody who is in Time Out loves the brand timeout. because what it represents, it represents what we all want to do, finish work and go and do something with your family and your friends. So it's very it's very easy to be inspired by Time Out and what it represents. And and then how I inspire my team, uh, besides reminding them of of how lucky they are to, to be in a, in a company like Time Out despite of our financial uh, you know challenges is you are bringing happiness to so many people that's it that so if you are not happy I don't know why you would be here right so so it's it's,
0: a, it's, a well, it's very similar today. isn't it to work with these wonderful brands Hearst is, is very similar in that sense because our purpose if you like is to is to help our customers get more out of life and you know what a wonderful you know what, what a wonderful thing to do right? we don't write about anything that's you know negative it's all about whether it's baking a cake in good housekeeping or running a marathon with runners world it's it's helping our our readers uh, and users to get more out of life so like you you know dealing in happiness and positivity is a very great privilege
2: well i have trademarked
0: happiness (laughs) (laughs) well i'll stick with positivity then Uh, julio it's been absolutely wonderful speaking with you so thank you so much for your time today
2: oh well thank you james Um, i see we have a lot of things in common for sure
0: and it has been a pleasure thank Thank you very much great thank you
1: thanks for joining us on the dog and bone Please subscribe to the podcast, and if you have any questions or suggestions, do get in touch via our website, dogandbone.dog, or send us an email at woof at dogandbone.dog.